The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just so, every good tree bears good fruit, and a rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So by their fruits you will know them. The Gospel of the Lord. So one part of the uh, first reading today I wanted to, to reiterate um, more in the illustration of our Christian life is such a, a constant recommittal to the faith, to everything that we've learned um, through the gospel, through the commandments, through the virtues that we, we try to practice. And, and it's really an everyday committal. You know, you sort of have to wake up and recommit yourself every single day. And in many ways, this very last portion of the first reading uh, speaks to that. So it says, The king then had all the elders of Judah and all of Jerusalem summoned together before him. The king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, priests, prophets, and all the people, small and great. He had the entire contents of the book of the covenant that had been found in the temple of the Lord read out to them. Standing by the column, the king made a covenant before the Lord that they would follow him and observe his ordinances, statutes, and decrees with their whole hearts and souls, thus reviving the terms of the covenant, which were written in this book. And all the people stood as participants in the covenant. I think that's a a really important reminder for us because that's the that's the scope that we have to have each day that's kind of the scope that we hope for in leadership but we don't always get it right and today we we celebrate the saints saint john fisher and saint thomas more and they were also alive during a very turbulent time you know in in their lives you know through the persecution and bad leadership and all of these different things uh and you see in the first reading a different kind of leadership a leader that's like, we actually have to recommit ourselves to what God has given us if we're going to get anywhere in this life. And so he stands before all the people, gathers everybody, and actually commits himself to God. Um, we don't really see that that often in these days. And in fact, sometimes when you don't see that, you have people who are standing up for that, even if the leadership is not standing up for it. And that's one of the reasons that St. Saint, Saint, uh, John Fisher and St. Thomas More are martyred. And we have two of those churches here, you know, in Portland, not that far from us. St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More are actually quite, quite close to us in proximity. But it kind of all starts with what the gospel is, usually from the root, right? What's cultivated at the very beginning to see what the fruit is going to be kind of in the future. Last night, uh, we had a baptism class and Justin was with me in our baptism class last night. And so you have a whole bunch of generally young families with, with young children, and you're teaching them about the sacrament of baptism. And one of the things I was trying to impress upon everybody after we actually talked about the reality of what is a sacrament, what is the sacrament of baptism, what's the role of the, the godparent, the parent, all of these different things 
that we have there, you realize in that particular sacrament that it's so important that once the child is baptized, that there's some sort of actual cultivation going on in the home, right? You know, because you could come here and you can be baptized, you can receive the sacrament, but if there's nothing done to actually cultivate, you know, like to pull the weeds and, you know, like prune everything, you know, there, there needs to be actually work done for that person, for it to take root in there. And so one of the very simple questions I gave the family, because it, it's a simple, actionable thing, right? And I asked this very question. If I came to any of your houses right now and I just walked through the front door and stood right inside of the threshold of the front door, would I know that you're Catholic just from standing right in that spot? And you know, and some people can emphatically answer yes to that. And some people, you can see, get a quizzical look on their face, right? Especially, you know, we, we had a lot of Mexican-Americans there, right there, and some of them start laughing. And I was like, I know some of you are laughing because I would walk right in your house and there, and your grandma has like an altar and there is like a wall mural of Our Lady of Guadalupe and there are rosaries on the wall and it would be absolutely obvious to me that you're in a Catholic household. And so they're all laughing at that, right? Because sometimes we come from a cultural reality that cultivates that a lot. Um, but but not, not always. But it's important for each, each Catholic to do that so that it's not only a reminder for you, it's a reminder for your children and every single person that walks into your home what you are about. It's, it's a really small way to evangelize. Like once you do it, there, there's nothing really that you're doing there. You know, it, it, it's all those sacramentals are speaking louder than anything that you might be able to say. And so if we want good fruits, we have to cultivate an environment that actually will do that. That, that, that reality has to be there. And so, you know, maybe it's just a question, again, to recommit ourselves, right? Like when I walk in, and I think in my parents' house, now that I think about it, I think that there is a crucifix in every room, if I, if I recall. I'm pretty sure that my mom has made that effort. And um, I remember this may, again, these things make an impression on you sometimes later, right? And so I remember when I first got to Baylor, when I went to college, you know, it was a big day. Your, your parents are dropping you off at college, and, and you know, there's tears and all kinds of things like that. And the very first thing that my mom did is that she hung a crucifix over my bed. And every single time they were with me when we moved, my mom did this. She never really said anything about it. She just did it. And then later on, of course, like when I'm in the seminary, I was like, oh yeah, she did do that, didn't she, right? You know, and you start to actually notice this fruit that's being born in you. It's like, oh, that was like sowed way, way long ago, right? And sometimes you actually get to see the action of it. So that's the reminder is every single day we recommit ourselves to the Lord, to what he teaches us. And then we also try to create an environment that would cultivate good fruit. Because I know that many people might not notice it now, especially young children in the household, teenage children in the household. But somewhere down the, the line, you can't escape that. You can't escape that environment that surrounded you, that was trying to penetrate you all the time. And somewhere down the road, maybe when you're far off and drifting, you start to remember these things. And then you realize what you need to go back to, that you need to go back to the source, our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you all.